Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Manash. This is the weekend edition, and we have a very special show for you today, all the way from Portland, Oregon. Welcome to the show, Gray Robinson. Thank you, Victor. So happy to be here. Great to have you here. Now, Gray, we're going to be talking about the transitions that occur in professional life. And you've been a practicing attorney for many years, a recovering attorney, a relapsing attorney, whatever, however you want to phrase that. Why don't you give a little bit of your backstory and how you got to this point in your journey? I was born into it. I'm a third generation trial lawyer. My grandfather was a judge in North Carolina. That's where the accent's from. Um, my father was a very successful and famous trial lawyer. And I was a trial lawyer for 27 years until I quit in 2004 because I was burnt out and went about my way. I, for the next 16, or let's see, that would be 13 years, I re- did a lot of research, did got a lot of therapy, tried to find out what in the world happened to me that I had to quit my dream job and got a handle on it pretty much. And in 2017, I moved to Oregon and took the bar exam at 64, which was unusual and passed. And now I'm a lawyer again. So it's, uh, you can't, there is life after burnout. Wow. Wow. What an amazing story. So there's so many professions that are incredibly demanding, especially in the early years. You talk about doctors going through their residency. Uh, you talk about, I mean, I'm an engineer by training and at various points in time was pushing my own body to its limits. And of course, lawyers through their articling process are famous for having to pull unnatural feats. What is it about the profession that takes so many people there? I think that you have to understand the nature of the game. And uh, I'm not bragging about lawyers being the being the worst, but the truth is, is that there are so many different stressors that go along with being a lawyer, which historically is a substitute for warfare. Back in you know the early days of English common law, people turned to lawyers rather than pitch, I mean, physical battle. Rather than picking up an axe, they picked up uh, their lawyer and they started beating each other over the heads with lawyers. And the lawyers have taken it upon themselves to be the heroes in the story. Every right, every wrong needs to be fixed. Every problem needs to be solved. It takes a lot of focus and concentration and time to do that. And a lot of lawyers, I think, get into the practice of law because they are altruistic. They want to help somebody. They want to right a wrong. They want to uh, help people who are, have problems. They just didn't understand that when they got into the practice of law that they would have minimum billables and that the problem with minimum billables is that means you've got to work at least 100 hours a week to raise that kind of money. And so working 100 hours a week is really unhealthy. No matter, you know, just like a resident who's pulling all-nighters at the hospital same thing for lawyers. They're pulling all-nighters, too, to get ready for trial, to get ready for that important corporate meeting, whatever, you know, to try to close a loan, whatever they're trying to do, there's, you know, there's a lot of footwork that they have to expend. And 
that, that kind of leads me into what uh, I, because I help lawyers that are facing burnout. I help guide them through the back to healthy living, back to happiness, back to satisfied lives, how to make more money, how to win more cases. And so the problem is burnout is a physical result of all of this pressure that lawyers put on on themselves. Now, this can translate to all the other professions as well. People who work long hours have a lot of stress. They're not doing healthy things for themselves. The body, when it's faced with threat, produces two chemicals that are are uh, good in the short term, really bad in the long term. And that's and that's adrenaline and cortisol. And if you research those what those two things do to our body, it's really good. You know, it's like the mother who sees a car rolling over their their baby. They can run over there and lift that car with one arm and pull the baby out of underneath the car. What does that do to the body? Well, probably not good. For a short-term burst of intense energy, that's what adrenaline and cortisol is all about. There are two problems with it. One is over the long term, it's really unhealthy. And people come, become addicted to it. People can be addicted, you know, adrenaline junkies. That's why they hang glide. That's why they jump off of perfectly good cliffs. That's why they jump out of airplanes. That's why they bungee jump. That's why they do all of these extreme sports. Or that's why they work long hours because they want to make a lot of money. Their body takes a toll. And although I haven't met many lawyers who are in their 20s have, having burned out, I have met a lot of lawyers who are in their 40s, 50s, and 60s who their body just can't take it anymore. So what I do is I offer a program for lawyers that can, or anybody else that can really change this dynamic for them to give them tools to deal with this stress. They don't necessarily have to quit their jobs. And that's why I'm here. Now, when we talk about stress, my definition, maybe not the dictionary definition, is that stress is the result of a gap between expectation and reality. And if there was no gap between those two, stress wouldn't exist. It lives within that gap. And now you have two choices. You can adjust the reality, which most of the time violates laws of physics, or you can adjust your expectations. It's got Those are really the only two variables. Does that resonate with you at all? I think that's exactly right. I, I think that most lawyers have unrealistic expectations, and that's caused for, for a couple of reasons. One is that a lot of lawyers, when they graduate from law school, have huge debt. They have hundreds of thousands, they owe hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt for going to prep schools, going to expensive colleges, and going to expensive law schools. So right off the bat, they have a crushing financial burden that they have to carry around. And that's why they work so hard a lot of times is because they have to pay this back. Second thing is that a lot of people think that, you know, hard work equals success. And that's not true. What what you have to do is you have to be smart about how you work. You have to pick your battles, literally, and you have to get into routines that are healthy for you. Otherwise, you're just going to waste a lot of time and effort doing things you really don't need to do. The third thing is, is a lot of people don't understand that the very same traits that make a successful lawyer will make a miserable lawyer. 
And I'm talking about a actual psychological condition called perfectionism. You know, we all have our own idea about what perfection is. The problem with it is, is what do we, how do we react? How do we respond when we perceive that we've made a mistake? A problem with a lot of lawyers is they could do something that's 99.9% right. And they feel like they're a failure because they didn't do it 100% right. For most people who have healthy life views, healthy expectations, and healthy goals, doing something 80% right would be outstanding. But many lawyers and, and all perfectionists feel like failures if they don't do it 100% or 110% correctly. And that one reason for that is, especially for trial litigators, if you don't do it 100% right, you will lose. And there are not many, uh, I remember I had a law professor who bragged about the fact that when he became a lawyer, his, he lost his first 10 cases. And so he became a law professor. He may have done it completely correctly. Winning and losing is sometimes is completely out of our control. We have to depend on judges. We have to depend on, on juries. You know, sometimes our clients sabotage their own case. Whatever the reason, if it doesn't turn out the way we expected it, then the lawyer is going to take it personally and they're going to feel like a failure. And that's probably one of the biggest steps down that slippery slope to burnout. Wow. Boy, there's so many angles we could take here. Let's talk about how to restore when you're starting to fleet with those systemic physical manifestations of burnout where everything seems overwhelming and 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 it's a struggle to get up in the morning and all of those sorts of things. Now, fortunately, I've never experienced it, so I'm imagining it. But what's the path? Is it an intervention? Is it a, a path to a healthier lifestyle? Is it a cold break? What What is the path? I have a very simple solution, and that's to breathe. And people don't understand how important deep, regular breathing is to our bodies. Because two things happen, or more than that, several things happen when you don't breathe correctly. And most people don't breathe correctly. They don't breathe deeply, They, especially uh, when they are in a stressful situation, their breath will get shallower and more rapid. And what happens is the oxygen flow to our brain reduces. Our frontal cortex shuts down. We go into our limbic brain. And I know the doctors in the audience will know exactly where I'm headed with this. We're going and we go into fight or flight or freeze. And the simple solution to that is to simply get enough oxygen to your brain to help your frontal cortex kick back in, that's your rational brain where you can come up with solutions to problem. Uh, I have PTSD. And so anybody that's had any trauma in their life can probably appreciate the fact that for many years, my initial response to any perceived threat was panic. And that's another thing that'll kick you right into burnout. There are techniques that you can use to help you avoid that response. But when you get a, a judge yelling at you, when you get your clients yelling at you or criticizing you, or your partners are 
fighting for the pie, you know, how big of a slice of the pie you get, or associates are trying to make partner. All of those things can cause you to kick you into fight or flight. And that's when you start making really bad decisions. So it's an oversimplification just to say, well, breathe, dummy. The fact is we often forget to do that. One of the easiest ways to do that is to simply schedule five minutes of deep breathing. Do it however often you need it, whether it's every hour, twice a day. You know, this, these are these very brief breaks that you can take in your day to help your body get back to peaceful, calm, and centered. Well, those presence activities, I know even for myself, I practice this on a regular basis and I find it enormously helpful. Breathing, in particular, a very present form, a very mindful form of deep breathing where I'm not thinking about, oh, what's the next thing I have to do, but just focusing completely on the breath is has been extremely helpful for me. But once you've got that shot of adrenaline going through your body, doesn't it take a little bit of time, maybe half hour, 45 minutes for that to dissipate before you can truly restore to that more calm state? Adrenaline actually doesn't stay in your body very long if you're not under constant threat. If you can calm down, the adrenaline will dissipate and probably, I would guess, you know, for me anyway, it's, it's like 10 minutes. If I'm really stressed out and if I do conscious breathing for 10 minutes, I'm okay. Okay. And that and that's, of course, that's with work and practice and, and having exactly. learned how to do that. There's another uh, aspect of this that is really important. And people usually, uh, a lot of people don't know about this, but we have this nerve that goes down our body. It's called the vagus nerve. And it basically regulates our endocrine system. You know, we have all these cranial nerves coming out of our brain and it all collects in the back of our skull and it connects to the vagus nerves and goes all the way down. And there's a whole department of medicine, not, department's not the right word, but uh, it's polyvagal exercises. And what you do is you stimulate your vagus nerve and they're very easy exercises you can do. They take five seconds. But if you can stimulate your vagus nerve, it will calm down your endocrine system. You'll stop producing adrenaline. You'll stop producing cortisol, and your body will naturally dissipate this. You know, one of the great ways to do that, just stand up and walk around for a couple of minutes. You know, take a walk around the office or do some deep knee bends. Something just that simple to help the body, the flow of everything to get, get, you know, keep going. And this is one of the things that I stress very highly in my program is, are these polyvagal exercises cause it reduces stress instantly. Phenomenal. I applied it on myself and it's, it's simply remarkable how quickly you can de-stress yourself using these very simple things. And I'll give you a quick example. If you, all you have to do is put your hands behind your head and look to your right for 30 seconds and then look to your left for 30 seconds. Magic. And what it does is activates your cranial nerves, which in turn connects to your vagus nerve, activates the vagus nerves, and it just has a calming effect on your body. Fantastic. 
Well, great. If folks want to connect, if they want to learn more, what's the best way? I have a website at lawyerlifeline.net. It's just like it sounds, spelled like it sounds. So uh, there's actually, a, you can schedule a free consultation for 15 minutes, which is long as we've been talking. Uh, you can learn a lot in 15 minutes and it has more information on what I do. And it has hundreds of articles on, because I write about this stuff all the time. I get published in a lot of different legal journals because lawyers really need to know this stuff. I love it. Well, Gray, thank you for sharing the insights. It's something that applies clearly not just to lawyers because we're all humans and we all experience stress in one form or another. So for the folks at home, definitely reach out to Gray at lawyerlifeline.net. And in the meantime, have an awesome rest of your weekend. Go make some great things happen. We'll talk to you again tomorrow. Tomorrow.